0: This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Today we've got a very special guest with us. I'm I, I'm actually super stoked about this episode uh, because not only is the topic that we're going to discuss needful, um, I think it's very edifying, um, and that's that's what we need. We need the encouragement um to to hear the voice of God to obey the voice of God um and, and to take steps you know throughout that process um so today we've got uh pastor and brother Jerry West with us I'm super excited uh, brother West go ahead introduce yourself tell the the audience a bit about you your ministry and where you currently serve and then we'll get right into uh what you've prepared
1: sure well first i just want to say thanks for Reaching out for having me on the podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, share with you and and to have this conversation. As you said, I think it's very important. Uh, My name is Jerry West. I am a pastor of Freedom Church DC here in Washington, DC. I'm a Metro missionary at the United Pentecostal Church International. And so we, uh, moved to D.C. to plant, uh, this church, Freedom Church, back in June of 21, after deputizing for 21 months, uh, throughout, uh, the U.S., during the COVID pandemic, no less. And, uh, and we launched our church on March 2022, and so we're getting close to being one year old. And uh we're just excited to see what God is gonna do here in our nation's capital. We believe that God called us here to uh plant churches throughout the D C region and uh, we're just in that first step in the process right now.
0: Amen. That's incredible. Um so, uh and 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 that step of faith, um, you know, to to o- obey the Lord and to step out um in you know and i'm sure you're going to tell us some stories about it um and the things that god has been doing um but we're going to be talking about walking by faith what what does that mean what does that look like and how can we uh act upon you know that because you know you hear well you know you, you Walk by faith, but but what does that really mean? What does that really look like? So, um, really excited to hear a little bit about your testimony, a little bit about you know what God's doing there. Um, so I'm going to give you the floor and uh, we'll just see what the Lord will do.
1: Sure, well, uh, it's an interesting question. What does it mean to walk by faith in the context of ministry and following Christ? Uh, I think any of us who have ever felt a call to ministry or a call to do something for God, we have had those moments early on where we just surrendered ourselves to God and said, Lord, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And uh, that's a prayer that feels pretty easy for us to pray in those moments of inspiration early on. Um, but as we... Uh, begin to hear the voice of God and hear him deal with us about where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do, Um, those steps of faith uh, get more challenging. Uh, I'm reminded of the story of Abraham. When God first speaks to Abraham in Genesis chapter number 12, he says, I want you to go to a land that I will show you. And there's really no hesitation, uh, at least not that you read it in the story. He just – he goes. Uh, he hears the voice of God, and he starts taking those steps of faith to a land that and God is going to show him. And uh, Hebrews even talks about that, that faith of Abraham and how he was willing to do that, to leave the land of his family and to go. And so, um, of course, Abraham's uh, – fairly young man uh, at that point in his life. And so that's kind of where we are. When we first hear the voice of God, we say, we want to do something for you. Um, I think back in my life in ministry, I uh, felt a call uh, very young and began to try to pursue that call. That took me to Indiana Bible College. Um, after IBC, I received a call uh, from my home church, asked me to come and serve uh, on the ministry team there to to be the youth pastor and uh, begin to pray about it, consider if it was the right the right step for us. And one of the challenges that I felt uh, that I was faced with was the finances, the financial aspect of it. I got married, so my wife and I, w- we met there in Indianapolis. We began to establish a life there. And now we're praying about whether or not to move back to Kentucky. And uh, the the church was going to offer a very small salary. Uh, It certainly wasn't going to be anything that we could live on. And so we had to then come to that point and say, okay, are we really going to go anywhere and do anything? And so we said yes, and we began taking that step of faith. It felt like a giant step of faith. Uh, we served there in that local church. God blessed us. He blessed our finances. Fast forward a few years. We're now full time at the church. Uh, we have two children now. Things are looking up for us, both in our family and our finances. And the church reaches out to us about um, pastoring that assembly. And um, we begin to pray about it. It was a small congregation there entire year's finances the year before we became pastor um, was less than what my salary was as a youth pastor at the church that i was serving full-time and it that wasn't a very big salary at that and yet we felt the pull of god to go and to take that step of faith and what seemed like a giant step before when we were first praying about moving to Kentucky, suddenly it looks like an easier step because there was a salary, and now there would be no salary. And now it's not just my wife and I, but it's my wife and I and two children. So what's this going to look like? But we felt the call, so we stepped out in faith, and we begin to see God provide. I, uh, I got a job that I didn't even apply for. My salary was replaced before the transition was even complete in that church. And God blessed the church. The church grew. Our, our finances were blessed. And, and what we learned is that God was strengthening those those feet uh, so that we could take bigger steps. And so really uh, what I've learned, and especially as I begin to feel God call me to D.C., is that We never get to the place where we graduate from walking by faith. We don't outgrow it. We uh, don't get old enough where then we can start walking by sight. But really, I think that every step of faith really just strengthens those muscles so that we could take bigger steps. So every step is just bigger. So now I look back at some of the steps I took that felt like they were huge steps, and I realize, oh, my goodness, it was a very small step. And we see that same truth in the story of Abraham. In Genesis 12, God says, go to a place that I'll show you. And Abraham packs up and he goes. Well, the last time God speaks to him, uh, recorded in scriptures, Genesis 22. And he says something pretty similar. Uh, now Abraham is old. Uh, he's well off. Uh, he, he's blessed. Everything is good in his house. And God says, hey, Abraham, go to a mountain. The um, King James says that I'll tell you, uh, but many other translations say that I'll show you. And uh, the Bible says early in the morning, Abraham got up and he began to go. It was like he just trusted that if God called him to take a step of faith, that God was going to meet him there. Uh, And this step, of course, we know the story in Genesis 22. God asked him to sacrifice his son. And when the story ends in Genesis 22, Abraham's going to be on a mountain, and he's going to give that mountain a name, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. And I think the truth that I've learned as I'm, trying to walk by faith and follow the will of god is that if we take those steps of faith that we'll have mountains and moments that we'll look at and we'll say look god provided that's a place that god provided but before we can ever get to the mountain of provision we've got to decide what we're going to do in the valley of decision are we going to walk by faith are we going to obey what Mm -hmm. god says because here's the truth a lot of times the evidence of your faith isn't expressing how you feel, but it's how you move. And so we say, God, I'll do anything. I'll go anywhere. As long as you do this, we put conditions on it. And it's like, okay, if I can see that you're in it, if I can see how it's going to work out. And so some people never get to the mountain of provision because they, they, uh, they run from the valley of decision. Um, I, I remember going to Bible college with a lot of people who said, "And I want to do something for God." They were in the same places that, that I'm in. Not that I've accomplished anything of any great deal, but they ended up going a different path. And really, it was because it's hard to walk by faith. Uh, we see it over and over again in Scripture. Uh, people, when they're trying to walk by faith, there's a lot of things that come against us. Peter, he stepped out of the boat in faith. He was walking on. The water by faith but then the Bible says he saw the wind boisterous and and what he saw around him begin to cause his walk to stumble because if we walk by faith then then we fall by fear and uh, and so I, I've just been challenged over and over again in my walk with God that if God tells me to do something if I'll step out and obey then I'll see the provision but the obedience has to come before the, the provision um, I, I, I think about, um, my favorite story in the scripture, I think is the story of the 10 lepers and they want God to do something in their lives and their lives. And they say, uh, they're crying out to Jesus and Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. The only thing he says to them, uh, of course, we know the makeup of the men. There's 10 of them. Uh, at least one of them is a Samaritan. And when the others hear words of promise, the Samaritan probably didn't hear that, those same words that way, because what the Samaritan heard was a command that he couldn't fulfill, go and show yourself to the priest. He didn't have a priest. He's a Samaritan. He's going somewhere different than those guys. And yet, he goes with them. He begins to walk with them. And all of these men, the Bible says it was as they went that they were healed. It was in, not in the moment, but it was in the movement. Uh, It was in the process that they began to see the promise come to pass. And that's the way I believe it is in our walk with God. What does it mean to walk by faith? I think it means stepping before we see where the foot's going to land. It's trusting and obeying before everything comes to pass. And, and so as they went, the Bible says they were healed. And when they put feet on their faith, when they said, okay, we don't know how this is going to work out. We don't know what's going to happen. The Samaritan man probably felt like it couldn't work for him. He didn't know what he was going to do, but, but he, he kept walking anyways. I don't think walking by faith means walking without doubt. Um, I think it's just, not letting your doubt stop your step, um, and so when you say, "I don't know how this is going to work out," I don't have it figured out, but I know that I heard God speak, and so since I know that I heard God speak, I'm just going to walk. I'm going to keep putting one foot in front of another by faith and trusting that somewhere along in this process, God's going to do something great. And so we stepped out. We were again. We were pastoring in Kentucky. God was was really blessing. And we begin to feel God call us to D.C. D.C. is an interesting city. It's um, a major metro area. Obviously, it's our nation's capital. It's the seat of all three branches of government. But interestingly, it's, it's very underrepresented as far as certainly the United Pentecostal Church is concerned. Um, at this point right now, where we pastor in the district proper, there's only one English-speaking United Pentecostal Church, and we're in. Inside so the Beltway uh that surrounds the DC proper and uh, and the, its closest suburbs there's one point eight million people and only a few UPCI churches, uh two or three in our district and then one in the Virginia district. And uh and so what seemed like a big step before, now suddenly I mean that'd be an easy step for us to take. But we've seen God's provision over and over and over again. We moved to a city where to rent a hotel meeting room, a small meeting room for a preview service was $1,500 a week. Uh, incredible uh, odds for us to come against, but we knew that we heard God's voice. And so over and over again, we've taken those steps of faith and God has provided. And I, I believe that when you're willing to step, God, God's going to meet you and God's going to work. And all of us will have the, the mountain of provision. If we'll just walk by faith in the valley of, of decision, everybody wants miracles Like we hear preaching about miracles, we pray for miracles but the truth is, miracle territory is uncomfortable terrain and you gotta walk it, you can't ride it you, you gotta walk it you do it one step at a time um, one of my other favorite stories and, and then I'll turn it back over to you and, and we can see where this goes um, is the story of the blind man that they bring to Jesus and they ask him to touch him and the Bible says that Jesus took him by the hand and he led him out of the city. Um, again, this guy is blind, so he lives uh by staying close to the things that are familiar and comfortable and known to him. But Jesus, he takes him out of the place of comfort and out of the city to a place that's uncomfortable, a place that is unfamiliar. And it's there that he begins to allow him to see things. He begins to to touch his sight and so if we want to if we want to see God do things he's we've never seen before we've got to be willing to go places we've never been before and and act in ways that we've never acted before but what we want is we want God to move while we stay still Uh, we want him to work and then we'll take a step but I believe that to really do something for God you got to walk by faith and that means putting one foot in front of another into uncomfortable places and into unfamiliar places when you don't know how it's going to work out, when you don't know how the bill's are going to be paid, when you don't know how everything's going to come together. And so my, my life mantra has become God's will, God's bill. If God called me to it, he's going to see me through it, and he's going to figure all he has all those things already figured out. Uh, and so we've seen it happen over and over and over again. And so I would just challenge any of our any of your listeners that uh, if you feel God calling you to do something, step out. Put feet on your faith and see what God will do. Uh,
0: I like. I mean, this is absolutely tremendous. Um, I could stop the episode right here, and there's just so much content packed into just the last uh, few minutes. But as you were talking, it brought to my remembrance. Um, you know, we we you gave a, quite a few New Testament examples of you know God doing something. Um, in in the lives of people, uh, but you know, and I brought to my remembrance Naaman, right? Uh-huh. How he's a, he's a leper, he he's he, he serves gods that are not Jehovah, and in this in this turmoil of his life, his wife won't touch him, uh, his troops they respect him, but you know they don't want to really be near him and here his his wife's um servant girl from from Israel that says well there's a prophet that that could that could heal you mm-hmm. and so he makes he travels uh, all the way he gets permission to go and he goes and he's at the foot of a miracle and he didn't like the situation mm-hmm. and he almost missed out on his miracle because it didn't fit in his his box and uh-huh. his preconceived ideas of what it should have been. And the Bible right. tells us, you know, that he wanted you know, well, you could've you could've came out here, you could have greeted me, you could've called you, you know, you could you could have done all these different things. But then his his servant girl pleads with him. You know, just just you know, it it'll happen. Uh-huh. So he goes and he dunks in the water, you know, one one time he comes up staying six times maybe he's ready to give up but he dunked that one last time and then he received his miracle Yeah. and I feel a lot of times um, you know in, in our day and age where we do we you know we're guilty of shying away from the miraculous from the supernatural from the things that we can't necessarily explain or understand when we're really called into those things Mm -hmm. We're we're called to be outside of the box I mean you have all kinds of different ways that Jesus healed people sometimes he just it was just spoken sometimes he was there present sometimes he was not present sometimes he just said the word and the word was the healing in that Mm -hmm. moment and then there were other times where uh, Peter was walking and they were healed people were healed by just the their faith was so great that just by the shadow of Peter and then they sent out the handkerchiefs, uh, you know, the prayer cloths, and people were healed that way. And, you know, there, there were all these different ways that these, the miraculous things were unfolding. And, and I feel like a lot of times we, we struggle with that step of faith because we got to put our – we try to box it based mm-hmm. off of our own experiences. Or the experiences of others And that's not really always the case Um, You know And what doesn't work For one community Will work in a different community Where where it comes to reaching And it comes to you know Preaching the gospel And and seeing souls saved Baptized in Jesus name Filled with the Holy Ghost Um, So It's just incredible that we we've really done ourselves a disservice in that, in that manner, uh, mm-hmm. but you know it, it's great to hear from from men of God who have heard the voice of God, and have taken those steps, but not just once, but continues. And I feel like the more steps of faith that you take, the more opportunities it makes.
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Um, I I think that. God doesn't really do copy and paste, uh, to your point. Um you know, he is an author and finisher. Uh but as an author, yeah, you know, he he's gonna keep writing the story different ways. So if you want him to do something um the way that it's been done before, he's probably gonna surprise you. Uh so I think we just have to hear the voice of God and rest in assurance that we heard his voice. And then trust him. And the truth is we want to copy and paste vision. We go to uh, church conferences and uh, and we talk to people. Hey, how'd you do it? How did it work? Uh, what is it that you're doing? And not that that's a bad thing. I think uh, we all should be lifelong learners and we need to learn from one another. Um, but I, I think that we need God to give us clarity, clear vision ourselves And, and really that vision isn't, isn't sight. Um, again, because you don't walk by sight, you walk by faith, but just an assurance, just a confidence. That's really, I think, what we need. We need a confidence that, uh, that God is up to something, that He's working, that that He gave us a word. And so I'm walking in obedience until everything comes together. And when you do that, you're going to look back. And I see everything clearly. I say, "Look, God was working here. God was doing this. God was was at work in this situation and that situation." And so, really, I think walking by faith is walking with confidence that 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 God is with you. That God is directing your steps. Um, it's it's not you know confidence in yourself. It's total reliance on God. Because I know that if God doesn't do this, if God doesn't do this in D.C. And it's going to fail miserably because it's, this is um, uh, high stakes uh, in a lot of different ways, financially, emotionally, spiritually, everything. But I walk with confidence knowing God's in this. God's working. And so when God tells me to do something, if I feel him challenge me to do something, I'm going to do it. Uh, one example, just this, this summer, uh, an opportunity presented itself to have a couple of interns here. Uh, from some of the Bible college. One one person reached out to me about interning, and I said, okay, come on, let's do it. Another one reached out and uh, prayed about it. said, okay, let's do it. A third one reached out. I'm like, hey, we need help. We need laborers. Let's figure all of this out later. Well, about four weeks into this internship where we were paying the interns every week through the summer, I realized that uh my faith had been bigger than our bank account uh and it was a monday night i, I remember like looking and kind of doing the church finances and i'm like oh man we we need god to do something soon and so i went upstairs and i prayed like god i felt you give me peace about doing this so i need you to fix it you know, of course we love to give god our problems with when they're problems, right? Uh, so like, this is your problem. God, this isn't my problem. It's your church, not my church. And so the next day I get up and I go to the post office and I, I'm going with faith. Like I just know there's going to be a check in the mailbox because we need it. Uh, and because I'm doing God's will and I know this was his plan. And I go and I open the PO box and it's empty, nothing but steel. And not even a Pentecostal Life magazine in there. And I always have a Pentecostal Life magazine, it seems like, in the mailbox. Uh, they only come out once a month and yet they're in my mailbox. Every time I open it, it seems like. And so uh, I'm a little bit distraught. I'm like, God, you're supposed to do this. Like, the check should have been in there today. I, I need it, like this week, uh, if if I could. And so the next day, we're having prayer with the interns, and it was payday for the interns. And I'm thinking, man, if I pay these interns today, then things are going to be really tight. And so I'm praying hard. And I'm, I'm praying scripture to God. I'm reminding him of his word like he needs a reminder of it. I'm like, Lord, you brought Philip to the same place. You asked him where we were going to buy bread, but you already knew what you were going to do. And I know you already know what you're going to do, but it's time for you to tell me. Well, my phone's ringing. Uh, I don't answer it because I'm praying. And then after uh, prayer, I had a meeting, and I'm in this meeting, and the same number calls me. And I, so I, I don't recognize the number, but I recognize it. It's the second time that it's called me in a short amount of time so I answer it and it's a retired pastor on the other end and he says for somebody needing money you sure are hard to get a hold of and so I said oh brother because I recognized the voice I said I'm so sorry I was praying when you called." okay yeah 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 that sounds really convenient well several months before a few months before I had sent out a, a newsletter where I talked about our building that that we had gotten is an incredible story in and of itself, right on Connecticut Avenue, two blocks from our Metro station, 18 market spots on Sundays. Um, it's a story for another podcast perhaps, but I sent out a, a paper newsletter about wanting to raise some funds to remodel the space, to, uh, buy equipment for the space. And he had received this and again, it had been months before. And so he said, Hey, how much money are you needing to finish out your project? Well, the truth is I'd I'd spent uh, a lot of that money already by faith, because I knew we had to do it. We had to open the church. Um, And I said, well, to be honest with you, brother, I think we were about $12,000 short of the goal that I had. And he said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna go to the bank and I'm gonna wire you $12,000 today. And of course my first thought is, man, I wish I'd said $15,000. But before the day was over, There was $12,000 in the bank account that wasn't there when they started. God had provided. Well, the best part of the story is I go to the PO box like two weeks later and I open it up, there's an envelope there. I open the envelope, there's a check dated for that same Monday that I went upstairs and I prayed that prayer, a check for $10,000. And it was almost as if God was just saying, see, you went there expecting me to do it one way one day, but I already had something else worked out. But somebody had already written the check on that same day before you prayed that prayer. And that's the way I believe, you know, when God God already had that ram in the thicket for Abraham, but he had to get up to the mountain first. And so we're not going to see the miracles and experience the supernatural in our churches and our ministries and our lives unless we're willing to walk by faith and get up to the place where the miracle is going to happen. And so, so many people, I believe, and, and I've been hindered by this before too. I, I certainly, I, I don't want to, put myself up on a pedestal and say look at my great faith (laughs) because my faith wavers too but some people they never experience the miracles because they stay in comfortable places and that's not where the miracles happen it's like I said before miracle territory is uncomfortable terrain you gotta need a miracle before you're gonna get it and so um, again I just challenge everybody step out do it Uh, start the church Uh, talk to the person about the Bible study Give the offering to God heart, whatever it is, just listen to the voice of God. And when you obey, then that's one of the things about a lot of the promises of God. It's tied to an if, you know, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then. And so if you will walk by faith, then you will see. God said to Abraham, he said, it's this land I'm going to show you. Abraham to Isaac it, or, or God to Abraham about Isaac. It's a mountain that I will show you you're going to see it. Everything that you're praying about that you want to see, you're going to see it, but you've got to walk there. You've got to get to the place where you're going to see it. And those faith filled steps are not easy steps to take. They are difficult. And a lot of times you're stepping through doubt and fear and insecurity and anxiety and all of those things. But when you know that, you know that God spoke to you now you got to make sure God spoke, uh, But when you know God spoke to you to do something, then then take the step and trust that, hey, if this step isn't the step, because we're not even told what step it was, that when, as they went, they were healed. Because it wasn't so much about the step, it was about the direction. It was as they went, they were, the direction they were going was a direction of obedience. And, um, and so, like, we want to copy and paste, like, oh, it was that step or it was this place. And so we, we make the miracles about a place instead of a process. And it never was about a place. It never was about a method. The way that God moved there isn't the way he moved here. And Jesus showed us that all in the Gospels. Um, he did things differently every time. And so, you know, don't, you know, like you said, don't put God in a box. Just trust that somehow, some way, you're going to look back and you're going to have a mountain that you're going to name the lord is my provider he is jehovah jireh but you got to climb up a mountain to get to it um it's tough it's tough it's not easy it is not easy but every time you do it that back to to circle back to your point it opens the door for more but it but it's because your faith muscles have grown and so god can call you to greater things and call you to do bigger things because You've been faithful over those little steps.
0: <sighs> I, um, Interestingly enough, uh, one of the first messages I ever preached was faith and experience. And in the message that I preached, I talked about how, you know, if obviously you, you go out in your car, you have faith your car is going to start.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You flick a light switch, you have faith that your light's going to turn on. you you paid the bill, you you expect your light to turn on. But experience tells you that that's the process. Mm -hmm. So as you continue to do things by faith, obviously, then you create faith experiences. And those faith experiences turn into, you know, the the miraculous, the, the healings, the the thousands of people in one setting, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, can you imagine for a moment, uh, you know Billy, you you've heard of Billy Cole, uh how he in Thailand and just thousands, thousands of people getting the Holy Ghost in one setting. Yeah. One service, one moment. And and then we we you know, we I said this on uh, on table talk weekly uh last week uh yesterday and um you know we we've we get out we get excited and and we should we should heaven rejoices when one sinner repents we we should be excited about one but why aren't we pursuing more than that Mm -hmm. you know and i think that These conversations like we're talking about today and walking by faith and given some hard proven examples of God literally stepping in where it seems, you know, the situation is impossible. Um, I think that if we could get a hold of this and believe the promises of god which are that he'll never leave you or forsake you that he is jehovah jireh our provider that he is the strong tower that the righteous can run into and be safe that he is the beginning and the ending that he is the alpha and the omega and the author and finisher of our faith if we could remember that in those mm-hmm. moments of our distress and our confusion and our doubt, you know, because faith, and you said it real well, faith is not the absence of doubt. Because Peter was full of faith when he stepped out on the water to go to Jesus. But he, the second he took his eyes off Jesus, he doubted. So yeah. obviously, yeah. faith is not the absence of doubt. But when we walk by faith, we silence the doubt and obey the voice of God that's calling us onto the water.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, uh, I, I think the essence of what you're saying is that really it, it's connected to r- the revelation of who he is, uh, when you know who he is. And, and it, one of my, one of my favorite, uh, things about Jesus's ministry, it goes almost unnoticed, uh, we think about Peter, John, all those disciples, but he also called Philip. There's only three conversations that are recorded that Jesus has with Philip in the Gospels. The first is where he called him, follow me. And Philip does, and not only does he follow him, but he goes and finds somebody else. He says, hey, come and see. you um, know. And so he takes that initial step, and uh, that's an awesome thing. the second time, second conversation is right before the miracle of the feeding of 5,000 and he specifically says to Philip, where are we going to buy bread that these may eat Um, but scripture says he already knew what he was going to do and Philip says, Lord, even if we had enough money there's nowhere to buy bread so he brings Philip to this place where Philip has to realize that the need is greater than the supply Uh, and he does that so he could show them the revelation. that, Hey, I'm the bread of life. I'm I'm able to do this, and and it's incredible. Well, then the very last conversation that he has with Philip, Philip's like, "Lord, show us the Father, then it, it, it'll suffice us." And and Jesus says, "Philip, have I been so long with you and you haven't known me?" And so then he he brings Philip to this place. He was like, "Hey, do you not know who I am?" And then there's something else he says. He said. If you really believe in me, he said, the works that I do greater than these shall. What are you you and You're going to pray greater prayers, all of these things. It was tied to the revelation of who he was. And so it was a journey that he brought Philip on. First, you know, he had this revelation that, that Jesus was worth following. He had to take those steps toward Christ. Then along the way, he showed him, hey, that he's able to provide the need. He can do more with a little than you can do with, with everything. But all of it was really to bring him to that place where he could get a clear revelation of who Jesus was. And when you understand who he is and your confidence is in him and your trust is in him, then Jesus, says, that's what's going to unlock the door to the greater, the greater prayers, the greater miracles, all the things that he's really called you to do. And we don't hear anything else about Philip and Acts or the rest of, uh, of, um, uh, of the, the New Testament. But church history says that Philip became a, a missionary. And that sounds like the steps of somebody who uh that God would bring a, a missionary on. That you gotta you gotta take those baby steps, those first steps that many people are taking to follow Him. And then God's going to show you He's going to provide. But ultimately, He's going to bring you to this place where your confidence and your knowledge and your revelation is in who He is, so that you can do great things for Him. Amen. Wow,
0: bro, this is this has been absolutely a blessing to me. Uh, already this conversation i am so blessed uh i know that the listeners when this airs they're going to they're going to be this is going to be a good one this is going to be this is a quotable session <laughs> so i appreciate you joining us on appsock theory i wonder if before we close out if there's one thing and, and, and even if you reiterate uh something you've said before um they've listened for 40 minutes to us talk back and forth and you share your testimony and your story of just obeying the voice of God and, and how God has continually proven himself. You know, the Bible says, uh, where God says, prove me now herewith, see if I won't, you know, bless you, press down, shaken together, running over, you know, and, and, and it, it, there's a process where you have to prove him. Mm-hmm. And you said it well, how that is what causes sort of the if factor. If you do this, then I will. And all through mm-hmm. Scripture we see that, and that his promises are tied to an action on our behalf. But So as we close out, what what is one thing you want them to, to walk away from this episode with?
1: Really, I would just reiterate, take the step. Uh, I'm not going to even say don't be afraid to take the step, because you are going to be afraid To take the step and even when you take the step there's going to be uh, a bit of fear Uh, but the fear isn't what fuels our step it's faith and so take the step uh maybe it's been a long time since you've taken a step of faith uh it's, it's been a while again you'd never graduate from walking by faith you're never too old to walk by faith abraham at the very end of his life god was still calling him to step out and walk by faith. So do what God is calling you to do and watch God prove himself strong in your life. Watch him provide and absolutely blow your mind as he works for his glory. You're not gonna get any glory from it because with all of these things I've told you, it's nothing I've done. I mean, literally all of those examples, uh, both in scripture and in my life, If God hadn't come through, it would have been a failure. But God will come through. Uh, He promises it, that if if you'll walk by faith, He'll be with you. So take the step. Whatever it is in your life, take the step. Start today. Maybe it's a baby step at first, but just take the step.
0: This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you, who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pentecostal Periodical Magazine, a 501c3 ministry with writers who believe and live apostolic doctrine. A few writers include Kelly Nix, Scott Phillips, Samantha Thrash, Neil Purcell, Larry Chalklin, Jeff Farnold, and more. You can subscribe at www.pentecostalperiodical.com. If you would like to join our writing team or would like to make a donation, email us at info at pentecostalperiodical.com.